Well, good morning. It is great to be with you on this first Sunday of November. Of course, next week we'll be taking our regular communion in both our Saturday evening service and in our Sunday morning service on November 7th, 8th. But it is great to be back in, on the pulpit. Uh, last week, JJ brought us the word as we continue in our series, Genesis in the Beginning, and he talked about the fall of man. He did a fabulous job. And then, of course, we paused for a moment in our series as Dr. Heath Adamson joined us from Convoy of Hope and talked about Psalms 23. What a powerful word that was as well. But it is so good to be with y'all. And of course, uh, as we are getting ready for an election on Tuesday, I hope that you have voted or you're going to vote biblically in terms of your values and what God's Word says. And you're going to take the scriptures and what the Lord has uh, deposited in your spirit to the polls or when your ballot that you're filling out. But of course, I was in Washington, D.C. last weekend. had an incredible trip as we were part of the Let Us Worship event that took place on the mall, as well as some of the other events that took place um, at the Supreme Court at the Lincoln Memorial. And um, it was just an incredible event joining thousands of believers. If you would have asked me or if you would have told me going into 2020, that I would be praying with thousands of believers for our nation uh, in terms of the unity of our nation and our churches uh, in the exact spot where uh, Dr. Martin Luther King gave his, I had a dream speech. I said, I would say, you're, you're crazy, no way. But uh, Dr. Charles asked me to pray with uh, uh, thousands of believers, both online and there that were live to pray for our nation along with several other pastors. And it was just a humbling experience to do that. And uh, just to see breakthrough and God do so many incredible things was so good. There is revival in the land and there's a revival happening from D.C. throughout America. And we give God praise for that. But this morning, I want to talk to you all in our, as we continue in our series, Genesis in the Beginning. In part four of our series, I want to talk to you about when life seems bleak, God is in control. When things seem bleak, God is in control. Now, when God created Adam and Eve, as I said a couple of weeks ago, he took a risk. He took a risk because he gave humanity a choice. Everybody say the word choice. He gave them a choice to either love him or not, to reject him or to accept him uh, by placing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. And God asked Adam not to eat from this tree, knowing that humanity might make the choice to eat of its fruit. And eventually Adam and Eve did eat of it. And from that event, called the fall that Pastor JJ ministered to us about last week, sin now entered the world. It entered the world and from that selfish act, corruption spread like a cancerous tumor and evil and death now danced over the world. Now from Genesis 4.25 through 6.8, we discovered that it covers 1,500 years of human history. And in that process, there's 15 different people who appear in the passages of Scripture that you can read about. But out of the 15 that you read about, I want to focus on four of them that stood out because they connected with God to reach and to remind His creation of who God was through these four specific people. They were Seth, Enosh, Enoch and Noah. And those are the four out of the 15 that we're going to focus on today. Now in Genesis 4, 25, 5 through 1, it says this, Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain, whom Cain killed. This is the written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. When Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who just like him in his very image. He named his son Seth. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years and then he died. 
Church, I want you to understand this morning that a, the passage of Scripture that I just read is extremely powerful. And there's a sweet revelation when you read that Word of God concerning what we just read. And I want you to understand that no matter how many times humanity messes up, God's plans still prevail. Do you know why God's plans still prevail? Because God is sovereign in all things. God is sovereign in all things. We read that um, they lost their son Abel because he was killed by Cain. But yet God had another plan. God was on the throne. You see, when Abel was murdered, Cain left for the land of Nod that you read about earlier in the scriptures. So how, how would God's promises come to fruition if, if now Abel's dead and now Cain goes to another land, there's just basically Adam and Eve. And how's this thing going to come to fruition? We need to remember today that God will do whatever He pleases. God will always do whatever He pleases. It says in Psalms 115.3, uh, and what happened after the death of Abel, the Bible says that life came forth through the birth of Seth. He came, you see, the Lord will do whatever He pleases, like it says in Psalms 115.3. But whatever happened after the death of Abel, life came forth in the birth of Seth. Now, throughout history of the Bible, very often the birth of a baby, the birth of a child made a huge difference between death or victory for God's people. For example, when the Jews were going through difficult times in Egypt and the firstborn males of the Jews were being killed by Pharaoh, somehow Moses was spared and he became the liberator of God's people. When there was a lack of prophets in the land Samuel, land, Samuel was born to bring Israel back to God's word, as we read about in 1 Samuel 1 through 3. When the kingdom was in shambles through Saul, God gave Jesse and his family a son, and that son's name was David. And David was meant to be the next king whom God had chosen for such a time as that. You see, friends, God is always in the business of redeeming humanity. And eventually it would be fulfilled through another baby in God's son, Jesus, who came from heaven to earth to show us the way that we'll be celebrating a month from now in December. You see, church, no matter how much sin there may be or how much corruption there may be in the land or deceit or lies or violence or division or rebellion, there is God and God is sovereign and will accomplish his purposes through a new birth. Even in the midst of death, God still moved forward in his plans despite the murder of, of Abel. And he can and will do whatever he desires and what, whatever he pleases. Despite Cain leaving for another land, everything changed when new life came in the birth of Seth. And here's the thing I want you to understand, friends. When there's attacks from Satan or there's disobedience that rules in the heart of humanity... God is still faithful to His promises. God has given you a promise. God has given you a promise for your children, or to have children, or to, for your grandchildren, or whatever it may be. And God is still faithful to His promises, not only to protect you, but to deliver you. He did it back then, and He'll do it again, because why? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, or forevermore. Oh, praise God. The second person I want us to focus on is Enosh. You probably never heard about Enosh, but in Genesis 4, 26, 5, 6 through 11, we read about him. And it says this, when Seth grew up, he had a son named Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. I want you to remember that, worship the Lord by name. When Seth was 105 years old, he became the father of Enosh. And at the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years, and he had another sons and daughters. Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh was 90 years old, he became the father of Kenan. And at the birth of Kenan, Enosh lived another 815 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enosh lived 905 years, and then he died. Now, Enosh means man. 
And that comes from the Hebrew word that means frail or weak. And when Enosh was born, the people loved to worship God. I just read that to you by name. They proclaimed his name and they prayed. And those are some of the things that we did at this Let Us Worship event um, on the National Mall where thousands upon thousands of people were worshiping God in spirit and in truth and reality and love. And people got saved, delivered and healed by the power of the spirit of the living God. There was a revival that was breaking out in the land, not only back then, but even today in what we're seeing in, in our culture and in, our, in, in the church. But there was a revival in the land back then when Seth was, uh, gave birth and him and his wife to Enosh and, and people were worshiping the Lord in public and, they, and prayer was happening like never before. There was a godly remnant that was being raised up that kept the work of the Lord going on. Despite the worldly Canaanites, because of the lineage of Seth, people were being courageous. They were being bold in their faith for what God had called them to do. And these people became God's remnant for deliverance as God heard them and answered their prayers. You see, church, I want you to understand that God only needs a few faithful people to turn a mess into a miracle. God only needs a few faithful people to turn a mess into a miracle. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 20, that he was present if only what? 500, 1,000 people were there? No, he said if only two or three were gathered in his name. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost to empower a huge multitude of people. No, there was only 120 people there that God empowered. You see, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel abandoned, when you feel alone, even feel like you're, you're losing at times, in your walk with the Lord or maybe in your relationship with your spouse or your children or your finances, you know, you feel like you're losing and that no one is with you in your moment. Remember Enosh. Remember Enosh and the godly remnant who called on the name of the Lord. 1 Samuel 14, 6 says, For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Some of you need to highlight that scripture. Some of you need to write down 1 Samuel 14, 6, which says, For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Now, the third person I want us to look at is Enoch. Enoch, his, his life's changed when, when his son was, Enoch's life's changed when his son uh, was born and his son's name was Methuselah. And from that point on, Enoch began to walk with the Lord after the birth of his son. Something happened in his life, and we'll talk more about that. But it says in Genesis 5, 18 through 27, when Jared, oh, he went to Jared's, no kidding. When Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day, he disappeared because God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he became the father of Lamech. And after the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived another 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Methuselah lived 969 years, and then he died. Now, something gripped the heart of Enoch that he decided he needed to walk with God and do God's will after the birth of his son, Methuselah. 
Maybe he thought to himself, well, now I've got a son to raise in a godless world. I need to get my act together. I need to start being the father that God's called me to be for my wife and my children or, or whatever it may have been. But Enoch believed God. He walked with God and eventually he went to be with God in that moment. And Enoch's life of faith was not just private, but the life that, that Enoch lived was public as he was bold in telling others that God's judgment was going to come upon them for their sins if they did not change. Enoch's life and witness reminds us that we can be faithful to God in a crooked and perverse nation, as it says in Philippians 2.15. You see, church, despite what we see in our world, despite what you're experiencing this year or this month or even this day, the Lord is going to return. He is going to return, and that should challenge us. That should inspire us. That should encourage us all to lead a God-fearing life. Now, the fourth person I want us to look at today is Noah. And in Genesis 5, 28, 6-8, it says this. It reads, When Lamech was 182 years old, he became the father of a son. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, May he bring us relief from our work and the painful labor of farming this ground that the Lord has cursed. Verse 30 says, After the birth of Noah, Lamech lived another 595 years, and he had another son and daughter, and he had other sons and daughters. Lamech lived 777 years, and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Then the, the people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took them, took any they, they wanted as their wives. The Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such, for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, the normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. In those days, and for some time after the giant Nephilites lived on the earth, for whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that He made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry I ever made them. But in the middle of that, friends, listen to what the Bible says in verse 8. But Noah found what? Favor. Everyone say favor. Favor with the Lord. Now, people during this time of history were tired. They were tired because they were, life was hard, people needed hope, and Laman named his son Noah, which is similar to the Hebrew word for comfort. And Laman's prayer was that his son would bring comfort to a culture and to, a, and to humanity and to people that desperately needed comfort. But before there was comfort, Satan was using his most successful device on humanity at that time, and he still uses that same device today. Do you know what that is? It's the tool of compromise. It's the tool of compromise because humanity chose to live in sin and reject God by not having fellowship with Him. Satan's desire in the days of Noah was to entice the godly line of Seth to mix with the ungodly line of Cain. And Satan's desire was to get the line of Seth to abandon their devotion to the Lord. And the temptation back then is the same today. You see, the enemy desires that we are friends with the world and foes with God. And, and, and we would rather love the world than love the Lord. Satan wants us, wants us to conform to the ways of this world instead of being separated from it and being transformed in the renewing of our minds from God's Word. And because of man's wickedness back then, judgment from God was eventually going to come. 
Let me tell you, friends, in the days that we're living in, God's judgment is going to come upon our land. And Noah, Noah and Enoch tried to warn the people. They tried to encourage the people, turn from your wicked ways, change your selfish desires, come back to God. But no one chose to listen to them. And since humanity chose not to listen to God, God's judgment was on the horizon because humanity's wickedness and evilness and corruption was so great. I mean, we think that the corruption that we're dealing with in our culture today, the evilness, the wickedness is so great. Who knows what it was like back then? It could have been worse. But God's grace was sufficient back then like it is for us today. Amen. And because of the faith of one man and his family, eight people saved humanity from extinction. Eight people saved humanity from extinction. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven seven 7, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. I have a question for you today, friends. What are you being moved by? Are you being moved by politics? Are you being moved by the media? Are you being moved by social media? Are you being moved by fear? Are you being moved by, by the evilness in our world? But are you being, or are you being moved by godly fear? Only you know the answer to that question. You see, to understand God's truth and not to act on it is not biblical truth. To be emotionally moved without understanding God's word isn't faith because true faith is based on understanding who the truth is. And that is, who is the truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Always remember, church, someone who walks with God will display a life of steady, worshipful obedience to Him. Where are you at in that walk with God? Are you showing steady life of worshipful obedience to Him? Or disobedience, like the people were back in those days of Genesis 4 through 6? You see, our hearts and our minds, well, they must be in our will, must be involved in true biblical faith. And that is why Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Like it says in Genesis 6, 8, or other versions say, He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And may that be said of us today, that in the days to come, that no matter what comes our way after November the 3rd, that we will find grace in the eyes of the Lord, that we will find favor in the eyes of the Lord today. Let me pray with you as we wrap up our service. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions that maybe as you listen to the word today, something pierced your heart not to hurt you, but to heal you. And number one is this. Is there an area of your life this past week? Is there an area of your life this past month or even this past year that you are messing up in or that you've messed up? You see, God's plans will still prevail if you allow him to take your mess or your messes and turn them into miracles. He wants to do that today. And you might say, Pastor Troy, that's where I'm at. I've, I'm dealing with some mess or some messes that I've experienced. And I need God to turn these messes into miracles in my life. He wants to do that for you. Secondly, are you experiencing attacks from the enemy? Are you experiencing attacks from the enemy physically, financially, relationally, spiritually, emotionally? Some aspect of your life. And there's an area that you're living in, or maybe there's an area you're living in disobedience towards God. You read the word of God and God tells you to do this, but you do the opposite. Maybe it's with your finances. Maybe it's with your time. Maybe it's with your talents or your abilities or whatever it may be. But God is still faithful to deliver you. God is still faithful to protect you if you allow him to. Because friend, one day God is going to return. I want you to listen to that. God is going to return. 
And that should put the fear of God in our lives. Just like Noah was moved by, the, by godly fear, so of us, we need to be moved by godly fear, knowing that the Lord is going to return. And that should challenge us, that should inspire us, that should motivate us, that should encourage us to want to live a godly life on this place called earth for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And number three, God is looking for a remnant. God is looking for a remnant like Seth and Enosh and Enoch and Noah. Are you willing to be that for God where you live? Are you willing to be that for God where you work or maybe even go to church or the school that God has placed you in for God's glory? All it takes is someone saying, here I am, Lord, use me. And maybe that's where you're at. And finally, maybe you want to give your reins of your life to the Lord to be your personal Lord and Savior, either for the first time or to rededicate your life to God. I want to pray for you. Maybe that's where you're at. But maybe you're in that, that, that ballpark of you're messed up or you're messing up in your life or maybe you're experiencing attacks from the enemy in that arena of your life or maybe you're walking through a season of disobedience towards God and you just need to be reminded of God's faithfulness as you lay those burdens or you lay those, those frustrations or you lay those messes or you lay those sins that you're dealing with. You see, Enoch and Noah were speaking to people about God's judgment coming and no one listened to them. Please, friends, please listen to the voice of the Lord this morning. Listen to God. God is looking for a remnant like Seth and Enoch and Enosh and Noah. And maybe that's where you're at. And this morning you're saying, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Or you want to give your life to Jesus. Let me pray for you as we wrap up today's message. Lord, I pray for my friends. I pray for individuals that are feeling that they've made some major mistakes. They've messed up. But Lord, you can turn a mess into a miracle. Just like you turned those messes in Genesis 4 all the way through 6, and you even caused the great flood on the, on the land, you spared eight people. And those eight people are where we're at today. Because you can take a mess and turn it into a miracle. So Lord, I pray for that individual that is dealing with messes that either they've created or that they're, they've experienced because of a loved one or another person in their life. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, that they would be reminded that you are sovereign, that you are in control, that even when it seems bleak, because of your light, they can see the brightness of your glory. And I pray that they would do that today, Lord Jesus. Or maybe they're experiencing attacks from the enemy from the left to the, to the right or in front of them or behind them, Lord Jesus, in, in their health or in their finances or wherever it may be. Or there's an area of their life where they're living in disobedience for you. They've been playing games at the foot of the cross. And today they want to, they want to return to you, Lord Jesus. They want to give their life to you for the first time or they want to rededicate their life to you. And maybe that's you. Just repeat this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, I believe you died on that cross. You rose from the grave. And I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And so today, Jesus, take the reins of my life and I give it all to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, as we wrap up this message, you're looking for a remnant. You're looking for modern day Seths and Enosh and Enoch and Noah's who are willing to do what you want them to do, Lord God, who are saying, Lord, if you can use anything, use me, whether it's in my job or in my family or with my children or with my spouse or my loved ones or my friends or where I work or where I go to church, Lord God, here I am, use me. And if that's you, just cry out to God. Cry out to God in the midst of, of, of bleakness or um, just uh, uncertainty. God is in control and God wants to use you. And so, Lord, hear the cries of your saints today. 
Hear the cries of my friends today, Lord. Whatever it is that they're crying out for, God, we return to you. And no matter what comes our way after November the 3rd, we choose to trust you because you are sovereign. You are in control. And we give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. It was so good to be with you today. I'll see you next week. God bless you.